turbulent times call for clear-headed insight. That's hard to come by these days, especially on TV. That's where we come in. Salem News Channel has the greatest collection of conservative minds all in one place. People you know and trust, like Dennis Prager, Eric Metaxas, Charlie Kirk, and more. Unfiltered, unapologetic truth. Find what you're searching for at snc.tv and on Local Now Channel 525. Buckle up and settle in for a full hour of automotive mayhem with the real car guy, master technician, Mark Salem, where the only two things we can't fix is a broken heart and the crack of dawn. To talk to Mark, call 602-508-0960. That's 602-508-0960. Now, once again, here's Mark. Good morning, everybody. Four minutes after the hour of 10 o'clock. This is going to be a special show, and I'll tell you what. I brought in the heavy hitters. This is the heavy hitter show. We have got diesels covered, right? Yep. And we've got accessories, drivability concerns, Tires, wheels, gears, exhaust, chips, programmers, air filters, questions about all of that. Yep. That's your in your wheelhouse, yep. right? Let me turn off the speakers so we, we sound better. And then I got Eddie Caruso, who really knows a little bit about lawnmowers, you think? He, yeah, he knows basically everything else. He, he does. He does. I do my best. No, no, no. Um, Eddie is a Ford extraordinaire that can cite chapter and verse on Fords, but... He also did, the other day, we had a Jaguar come in, and every time the guy would touch the switch on the ceiling to close the convertible top. Right, to open or close the top. Right. It sprayed something on him. Yeah. So Eddie takes this, and what what, what Jaguar model was that? It's a little uh, two-door. XK8. Two, okay, XK8, so it had the big high-performance motor in it. Right. And so Eddie orders the lines that go from the switch across the windshield, down the A-pillar, underneath the carpet, over the hump, and into the back of the pump area. Right, into the trunk. Into the trunk. And those those lines are how long? Oh, stretched out straight there, probably 15 feet. Okay. Now, the the problem is, is that customers are friends of mine. So Eddie has the entire interior and the A-pillar. And the A-pillar, folks, is the, as you're driving the car, it's the pillar that holds up the roof to your left side, your front left side. That's the call. We call that the A-pillar, the, the pillar right the behind windshield. you. Yeah. Holds the windshield. It holds the roof up, too. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. Yeah. So the B-pillar is the pillar to your left shoulder right behind you. And it goes you. on and on. So you have A, B, C, and D, depending on how big the vehicle is. So he's got the interior gutted, no carpet, no seats, and half the dashboard is laying on the passenger side. So I take a picture and I send it to the customer and I say, Eddie just fell sick and I'm not quite sure I have anybody to put this car back together. Is it okay if I don't give it back to you in 30 days? And there's, she sends back a big question mark and she says, I'm going to have to ask Kurt, which is the husband. Yeah. And so I tell her I'm teasing and stuff like that. But anyway, Eddie has tremendous skills. He's not going to tell you this, but we can give him anything, anytime, and he can fix it. He can find and fix it. He's pulled some amazing rabbits out of his hat. So we've got three guys here. You've been a master tech as long as I have. Over 25 years. Okay. Did you ever get your emeritus? Did you apply for it yet? No, I'm still, I am still take them. I haven't retired from the testing yet. The okay. what? The emeritus where you can basically retire from ASE testing. Oh, wow. You become retired, and you don't have to take the five-year exam every year, all eight tests that involve the master technician, but you still are a master technician. 
you still call yourself a master because I ask him that. That's right. And so yeah, I am. I took the emeritus position so I didn't have to take the tests anymore. <laughs> you know, I get enough experience just walking around the shop looking at you guys uh, fix cars and make mistakes. So I'm, I'm, I've got a classroom environment all of my own. 602-508-0960. If you have a car question, a motorhome, I think we can handle boats. I think we can handle hot rods. We can handle Fords. We can handle diesels. No matter what you've got, you've got the the brain trust of our organization here. And Jim's up first. Jim, good morning to you. Hi, Mark. How's it going? I'm good. Thank you very much. Hey, I love your show. Plus, I love the little uh, funny stuff you throw in there. So it's pretty entertaining and educational. So yeah, I get in a lot of trouble for some of this stuff, I say. <laughs> <laughs> Did you hear last week by chance? Yeah, that's, yeah. <laughs> the, uh, the, uh, the comparison between a gynecologist and an auto repair technician? Yeah. Okay, well, I haven't heard if I got in trouble for that yet, but I'm leaving that thing alone today. Go ahead. What's yeah. up on your mind? Well, I just went out. We have a 2002 uh, Ford Power Stroke at the 7.3. Um, just had the oil changed, and the oil cap, the fuel cap, it got green. It looks like someone poured green antifreeze in there. But the thing that's weird is he said it was low on the, the oil was low on the dipstick, which I guess we might have to look for a leak now, but... Um, and uh, coolant is gold, but the coolant level is right where it's supposed to be. So I would think if there was coolant in there, but you know, if it got all the way up the fill tube, you know, it wouldn't be green because it's not green coolant. So just trying to, and then I just turned on the show and I heard you guys said people, and I went, hey, cool. Let's see if what you guys think about that. I don't think we have. Are, we are ever you talking about that? the oil filter cap, or are you talking no, about the, the filler, oil filler the fill? Cap. Oil okay. fill cap, yeah. Yeah, yeah okay. it's right in the threads. It's, it looks like someone poured green antifreeze in it because it's green. It's not, I've never seen that before. And the guys at the shop said, you know, why would it be green? You know, because, like I said, the, okay. the coolant's the gold. So just kind of weird. Well, the only thing that comes to mind to me is that when we see that color, it's because someone has added an, a dye a to dye. the oil to try and identify a leak. But it doesn't Ooh, sound like that's, that's the case. Well, but usually it that be because... We did have a leak on the back of the intake manifold. It was leaking oil down the back of the motor. So maybe that's what they, maybe they did do that. Just, just to find yeah, out. but even even then, I mean, we're adding, Eddie's right. I mean, I was thinking AC dye or, or oil dye, but, I mean, we literally add, you know, three tablespoons of dye to a 15-quart oh. system. So it immediately oh. turns black. It doesn't stay green. Okay. And, and, and you're sure that the coolant in the radiator is not the same color? Yep, it's gold. Okay. Yeah. All right. It, it, you know, it, it almost has to be dye. Yeah. I was thinking he had green in there. I was thinking maybe he had an upper hose clamp leaking or something like that and blowing it back on the oil filler cap. But none of that makes sense because his yeah. coolant is cold. And if you had a drivability problem, you'd have chocolate milk in your crankcase. So, and any time yeah. we have coolant into the crankcase, we have water into the cooling or oil into the cooling right. system sometimes. But um, I, I think I'd just clean the cap, drive a 1,000 miles, and see what happens. I really wouldn't worry about it, to be honest with you. I mean, I don't know. Does it look more like, I mean, there's a, there's a different consistency between coolant and oil. Does it look like a, like a water-based coolant? Um, you or does know, it look more like an oil-based? I, I didn't touch it, but it looks, you know, it looks, it looks, I mean, it looks, I guess I was just looking at it. It's kind of because that. I don't know if this makes any sense, but it looks slippery. Okay. <laughs> That's my help, I'm sure, but... Is um, it still there? Yeah, 
Is it still? Yeah, there? when I get home, I'll get a white, I'll get a paper towel and clean it off. And then I also had the guys, uh, they had a Gatorade bottle, so we filled it with oil so I could maybe have it tested to see if there's something weird in the oil. Okay. Well, I, I think what I would do is, is if you took a Q-tip before you wipe it off on your white towel, take a Q-tip and get a, you know, get a good lick on it and put it underneath water. Because if it's cooling, it's going to rinse off the Q-tip. If it's not okay. coolant and it's oil, then it's just going to do nothing. And if you rub it on your fingers from the Q-tip and you put your fingers under the water, if it beads off, then it definitely is oil. And then it sounds like we all agree that it's going to be some kind of an, a, a dye that somebody put in the oil, and it's still there. Okay. So. Okay. All right. Good. Okay. Thanks, guys. Have you a good day. Have a Merry Christmas. And you same too. To you. Thank you. Thank you very much. That's a that's probably the first time we've ever got any question like that. We've never even had a gas motor complain about that kind of stuff when we add dye. No. no. And are we using different colored dyes for different applications, or are we using an orange or a green? Well, or? for all the petroleum fluids, so whether it's transmission fluid, power steering, or engine oil, it's the same dye. Okay. So well, what color is that going to show up? It's a, I'd say a fluorescent green to a bright yellow. Okay. All right. And you have to have special glasses to see it. Yeah, you wear a pair of amber, amber glasses. And you have to have a black light to identify the oil. Right. And so how successful are we when we have an oil leak in using dye, putting on the funky glasses with the black light, and how long is that? We put the oil in on Monday. When do we bring the car back? It really depends on the severity of the leak. Okay. There's sometimes we can just we can find it after adding the dye and, and cleaning off the area and running the vehicle for half an hour, an hour. Okay. All right. And the good part about the dye is if it's a massive leak and there's oil everywhere and you can't spend an hour to clean every nook and cranny, once you put the dye in, it shows up totally differently from the oil that already came out. So that you, oil didn't have dye in it. Okay, okay. So the guy's bleeding, and he's bleeding from his head, and his whole body's covered with blood. You don't know, really know where it's at. But when we put dye in it, we can see the cut on the head. Boom, we're right. done. And it's quick and easy, and we don't have to wash him up. Right. Okay? You use it on the diesel side as well mm-hmm. for oil leaks and stuff. All right. Yep. So what other possibilities? We have Freon. We have dye for Freon. Right. That's, and, we'll, and that's a different. Okay. Now, that's an, we inject that into the air conditioning system. Correct. Right? And what color does it look like after you're done? It's a it's a stronger green. It's more of a real lime green versus okay. what we see with the uh, petroleum-based dye. Okay. And so we're using that in the Freon in the air conditioning system. And w- the only thing I can think, we have coolant. That's the only thing that left. Right. And you and we would use a different kind of dye for the coolant? We don't, uh, have a we dye. don't use dye for the coolant. It's a pressure test usually. Okay, and I, I, I'm getting that. I'm asking the questions they're thinking. Yeah. And so on a pressure test, you look at the cap, and it says 16 pounds. So what do you pressure test it at? Two pounds over whatever the rated it. 18. Okay, all right. So we're going to pressure test the cooling system. We're going to take the cap off. We're going to put a new adapter on there. We're going to have a hand pump with a gauge. We pump it up to 18 inches, and we walk away. Mm-hmm. Now, when we come back and it's dropped to 10, what are you looking for? The coolant on the ground first. Okay, where, or but where else does the coolant could be that people aren't going to we aren't going to see it on the ground? Oh, in the crankcase. Okay, or combustion chamber. Okay, crankcase w- with the oil. Okay, or the combustion chamber which would come out of the tailpipe, or the floor on the passenger side where the heater core could leak. That's right. Yeah. So we have to look in all of those areas for the loss of water. Now here's the good news. The good news is is if you put if you pressure test it to 18 pounds. And you don't see anything on the floor of the passenger side. You don't see anything, you know, around the engine. If it's a combustion chamber leak, when you start it up, are you going to know right then? Typically, for one, you're going to have a misfire. Yeah. And you're going to see excessive steam 
coming oh, out of the tailpipe. tailpipe. Okay, that's what I'm kind of driving at. Once we pressure test it, we can te- we can test it for a head gasket real quick, because if we've got a loss of coolant, then we're going to have a misfire because we filled we didn't fill, but we've got water in at least one cylinder. Um, there was a cowboy up in Payson the other day that bought a truck and they told him that it had a blown head gasket. And so he brought it over, and and uh, I happen to have a pressure tester, so I pressure tested in the thermostat housing on this V6, what, 2.8 liter little Ford Ranger truck? Was uh, it? Prob- well, maybe a 3 liter? 3 liter, yeah. And it has a thermostat housing that bolts to the front of the intake and stuff like that, and it just all warped. And, and when you go buy them, they're $184, but the guy goes, we sell millions of these. So it was leaking there. So he popped it off, put a new one on, and the old one was broken, and put it all back together. And he's been driving it now for two months. It hasn't lost a drop of coolant, and they had diagnosed it as a bad head gasket. So they didn't they didn't do the pressure test, or they'd have known that. So the pressure test is somewhat easy. Basically, what do we charge for a uh, what is the industry charge for a pressure test? Forty bucks. Okay, somewhere around there. That's okay. right. All right, so 602-508-0960. If you have a car question, we'll give it our best shot, 602-508-0960. Eddie Caruso sitting to my left, Alan Salem to my right. Both of them have expertise in diesels, and Eddie's a master tech and has been for 25 years, and I think you've worked for me for 28 years. Yeah, coming up on 29. 29. So anyway, Eddie and I have been around the block a few times, and uh, I'm going to tell you unequivocally he knows more about cars than I do. So we'll be back right after this. I, Donald John Trump, do solemnly swear. A new era has started in America, and with it, a new attitude, outlook, and feeling of purpose. It's going to be only America first. Can President Trump deliver on his promises from the campaign? And will the Democrats come around and get on board or just be a roadblock? One thing's for sure, it will be interesting. And you can follow it all right here. Intelligent Talk 960. The Patriot. Hello. I'm Greg May, the proud owner of Phoenix Body Works. I started in 1982 and still love fixing mangled vehicles. I'm proud that for 32 years, my staff has been able to provide the finest collision repair service in the valley. Industry standards tell us how to fix your car, and we don't fudge that. Leave your worry and stress to us. It's what we do. When you have an accident, remember, the law states that you have the right to choose your collision repair shop. All our estimators and technicians are our car certified, We have all the necessary state-of-the-art equipment to fix your vehicle right. We welcome you to visit Phoenix Body Works anytime, even if you just need a bottle of water, a cup of coffee, a snack, or to use our Wi-Fi. Phoenix Body Works offers free shuttle service, or if you need a rental car, don't sweat it. Enterprise is right next door. At phxbodyworks.com, I will explain the entire collision repair process to you in two minutes. My name is Greg May, and I wrote this message. Now you have a friend at Thunderbird Automotive, and his name is Tom Fletcher. In 2003, Thunderbird Automotive was a finalist in the Better Business Bureau Ethics Award. In 2004, they won that award. Check them out at the BBB online directory. They're proud of their A-plus rating. Thunderbird Automotive has ASE certified technicians. They can fix anything with a steering wheel. Thunderbird Automotive offers a free courser inspection on every vehicle, the same one that some charge $49 for. They now offer a three-year, 36,000-mile warranty on parts and labor anywhere in the country. If you live in the Northwest area, you have to stop in to Thunderbird Automotive at 88th Avenue in Thunderbird, just west of the 101. For more information, visit them online at ThunderbirdAutomotive.com. That's ThunderbirdAutomotive.com. Or drive right in at 88th Avenue and Thunderbird. 
just west of the 101. Did you know Rain Tree Auto Repair is ranked number one in the entire United States by Mercedes-Benz for their repairs? Andy Val, the dad, and his sons, Tom and Paul, operate Rain Tree Auto Body in North Scottsdale. They've been around since 1972. Sure, they fix Kias and Hondas and Chevys and Fords, but they are rated the best for their ability to correctly repair the Mercedes-Benz. Remember, Rain Tree Auto Repair is ranked number one in the entire United States by Mercedes-Benz for their repairs. They have a machine called the Select Bench. It's the same jig they assemble your car on. Raintree can put your car back to its pre-loss condition with 100% accuracy. Raintree Auto Repair is a BBB member with a plus rating and they're also recommended by GarageFly. Raintree Auto Repair provides free estimates and they'll give you a lifetime warranty on all paint and bodywork. They use the best glasseric paint and it's waterborne paint so it has no environmental effect. For more information, stop by RaintreeAutoBodyInc.com. You need a plan as you get closer to retirement. A plan that will take you from where you are now to the retirement you've always dreamed about. The first step on that path is to tune in to Retire Financially Fit with Phyllis every Saturday morning at 8. Your host is Phyllis Sachs-Pilvinas. She's the founder of PSP and Associates. You only retire once, but Phyllis helps people retire every day. Don't miss Retire Financially Fit with Phyllis every Saturday morning at 8 on 960 The Patriot. We're all busy, but our health comes first. I've got this mammogram scheduled. When is your colonoscopy? Screening increases the chances of detecting certain cancers early when treatment can be most effective. Make time to schedule your screening appointment now. Hello, I'm Lauren Grant. My father, Senator Grant, and I urge you to talk to your doctor about the cancer screenings you may need. Make your appointment today and keep it. This message brought to you by the National Association of Broadcasters and this station. You know what? I've got a problem here. Welcome back, everybody. 21 minutes after the hour. My name is Mark Salem, Eddie Caruso, Alan Salem. We're all here to help you. 602-508-0960. Larry Harker's Auto Repairs at 38th Avenue and Indian School. He's a really good guy. He's been around since 1967. Bob and Ellen run Larry Harker's Auto. Bob is one of the best diagnosticians I've met. He's one of those gray-haired guys that just wait. You wave the red flag and tell him nobody else can fix this, and he'll do He'll do the magic. Nevertheless, 38th Avenue and Indian School, if you live in that area, I would suggest you have an oil change there and get to know those folks. But if you have a car that nobody else can fix and you've had it to a variety of places, I would take it to Harker's Auto, 38th Avenue and Indian School. Tom, good morning to you. How can we help you? Good morning. I've got a uh, 99 Windstar, and I just had a new fuel pump put in it. But the... uh, the pressure's building up in the fuel tank, and it seems like it's blown by the gas cap, which was what I've identified just sounds like a big bunch of gas being relieved. Eddie. Is that, a, is that just the gas cap, or is there excess pressure in the... Do you know when they replaced the fuel pump, did they have to remove the fuel tank? Yes, they did. Okay, it sounds like it maybe on the, week. on the reinstallation of the fuel tank, they pinched one of the vapor lines or line for the fuel tank, and so it's not able to... St- release the pressure that's in the tank back to the canister or up to the engine to be consumed through the canister purge valve. It's a problem you got now that they gave you, yes? Yes. Okay. And when, I, when it hasn't relayed itself before it blows out, I pop the cap, and, man, there's a, just seems like an excessive amount of pressure coming out of there. Okay. So that's what we, you're suggesting? 
Well, there's two things. Number one, we're supposed to suck the vapors off the fuel tank and burn them. So we're going to suck the vapors off the tank, run them forward, run them through the engine, and send them out the tailpipe. So there's that loop. But more important mm-hmm. than anything else is, is you didn't have this problem before, right? Correct. So if it was coming to our shop and we did that, then it would be up to us to diagnose it because of this reason. We can't say it's not our fault till we know what it is. So if all of a sudden mm-hmm. we find the canister's plugged up, then we say, okay, well, the canister's the problem, and in order to prove it, we replace the canister, send you on your way, and if everything's okay, you come back and pay for the canister. But if, if you didn't have this problem before, and it's not going to be a gas cap, if you didn't have this problem before and now you have it, it's more likely than not that that was created during the re... re- now, the shop that did the, the fuel tank... Was it a transmission focus shop or a no, brake focus a, shop? It was actually a pretty pretty reputable shop. Okay. It, it's funny when I went to fill up, I turned around and looked out, and the ground was covered with gas. I dumped about three gallons of gas on the thing. Called the fire department and everything. Somebody else, the tanker guy, had the stuff to wipe it up. And the fireman came and he looked on there. And said, Man, they forgot to reconnect the the, ho- the hose from the fuel into the tank. So he connected it, and when I topped off the tank, it ran again, so I got under there, and there was a second little rubber ho- rubber tube that I connected, but it didn't have a uh, clamp on it. So Okay, well... It, would it have anything to do with those two hoses right there? They're both coming right off the tank, parallel to... Well, one, on one that you described was the fill hose, so you're putting the fuel in, yes. the, in the fill neck, and it's just yeah. running on the ground because mm-hmm. that hose is not attached to the fuel tank. And then sometimes... Yeah. There's an external or an, an internal vent hose, so when you're filling the tank and you're displacing all the air that's in the tank, it comes back up through the fill neck, and that's why the the nozzles at the gas tank have a vapor recovery on them as well. So when you're putting mm-hmm. fuel in there, you have to displace the air, and the air comes back up through through the fill neck. And we're sucking the air sure. through a filter okay. and stuff like that. So so if if you never had this gas leak before... And it looks like it's the filler neck hose, and he said it's missing the clamp. Um, there has to be a good connection in the filler neck on the top to the filler and on the bottom to the tank, right? Right, but we're... Yeah, that, that, this that connection, from... I tightened that up, and the, the little one I found was still off, which is why it overflowed when the tank filled. Okay. And I just put it on, but it did not have a clamp, which is the return one that I think you're talking about. Just All right. Well, I, I haven't changed my mind. You need to go back to them, and they need to readdress this. Because if what you're describing is their responsibility, that's all there is to it. It's their responsibility. No matter who they are, even if you're talking about my shop, it's our responsibility. We made a mistake. So you just take it back to them and have them take care of it. Anyway, thanks, Tom. Thank you very much. That was a good question. Dan, you're up next. How can we help you? Hi, good morning, gentlemen. Merry Christmas. Merry good morning Christmas to you. Too. Thank you. Hey, I've got a 1948 Willys CJ2A. When I started up um, Cold Start... It blows kind of a, a black um, liquid out of the tailpipe, and it's. <clears throat> I have to. I've, I've got to the point where I have to push it out into the driveway before I start it, so it doesn't blow this um, black stuff all over the wall in my in my carport. So, what do you think, Eddie? Well, what it is is when the engine is cold, it's running on the choke, so we've increased the air fuel ratio. We're making it run rich, so it starts easier and it runs when it's cold. That's the black, but the the liquid is just the the vapor from the uh, the engine. As it's, when you start a cold engine, 
there's condensation that's been left over in the in the exhaust, and there's condensation that's created on a cold start on an engine. So that's that's where you're getting that that black mixture. Um, does it run okay when you start it cold? Will it start and it, idle by itself? It, it does. Yep. Okay. Yep. I do have to let it warm up for a little bit because um, if I try to um, to push the accelerator down before it's it's warmed up, it kind of um, stalls out a little bit. Okay, well, the proper procedure real quick is is turn the key on. That doesn't make any difference on your 48 Willie, but on other cars it does. Turn the key on. Right. You, you pump the throttle one, two, three times and let go of the throttle. And then you hit the key and it starts and it stumbles for a second and then it revs up. And that means the choke is shut and, or sh- almost shut and it, the fast idle cam has been lifted. And it's at that point that you just let it sit. But uh, let me ask you a question, Eddie. Yeah. What about if he didn't have a weep hole in that muffler or the muffler had a problem with the weep hole? And would the muffler have the condensation so when he starts it up, he's blowing black out the tailpipe? Otherwise, wouldn't there be some dirty water on the ground if the weep hole was there or should have been there? Yeah, it depends, yes. And also, it depends how long it's been since the last time he drove it. I mean, if, he's, if it sits for three weeks, any moisture in the exhaust system is going to be evaporated by then. And this is the time for this to happen, because this is not going to happen from April through August, probably. No, it's, you know, you, you start your car, no matter what type of car it is, and you drive away from your house, and you get to the first stoplight, and you see everyone, the tailpipes are blowing steam out. Right, right. right. In this time of year. Right, in this but time of year. In this time of year. It's just like when you see your breath when it's cold outside. Okay. So I think the answer is, is I would look at the weep hole on the muffler and see there's a, a small weep hole at the very bottom of the seam of the muffler. And I would hope okay. that it would be open. I'd probably take compressed air and blow backwards in it. And if not, I'd probably... But see, here's the problem. you got it coming out of the tailpipe onto the ground and messing up the driveway, or you can have it weeping out of the stupid muffler and dropping on the ground, and you're still messing up the driveway. Right, and it's you know it's just the nature of the beast if we're talking something that's 70 years old. Yeah, and not sure. only that sure. is, is catalytic converter cars don't have this necessarily this problem. Um, the newer model cars don't have this problem because this... We would have guessed it's a really old car. Old car. Nevertheless, when we come back, John, you'll be our first caller. The lines are open. Uh, 602-508-0960. 602-508-0960. And like I said, John, if you'll stay right there, um, I'll be back with you in about three and a half minutes. We'll be back right after this. Hello. I'm Greg May, the proud owner of Phoenix Body Works. I started in 1982 and still love fixing mangled vehicles. I'm proud that for 32 years, my staff has been able to provide the finest collision repair service in the Valley. Industry standards tell us how to fix your car, and we don't fudge that. Leave your worry and stress to us. It's what we do. When you have an accident, remember, the law states that you have the right to choose your collision repair shop. All our estimators and technicians are our car certified. We have all the necessary state-of-the-art equipment to fix your vehicle right. We welcome you to visit Phoenix Body Works anytime, even if you just need a bottle of water, a cup of coffee, a snack, or to use our Wi-Fi. Phoenix Body Works offers free shuttle service, or if you need a rental car, don't sweat it. Enterprise is right next door. At phxbodyworks.com, I will explain the entire collision repair process to you in two minutes. My name is Greg May, and I wrote this message. 
I'm Chris Walls, and I'm a truck driver from Missouri. For 13 hours a night, I sit in my truck and I drive. Out of boredom, I'll stop and eat. If I'm not doing fast food, I guarantee there's a bag of chips open on my dashboard. That was all until Andro 400. I started out four months ago, and since taking Andro 400, I have dropped 45 pounds. I'm sleeping better. There's no cravings. I actually don't even think about food. My knee pain went away. I've had some lower back issues, and I've noticed that that went away, and I can only contribute that to Andro 400. One thing that Andro 400 said on the radio ad does it attacks belly fat well let me tell you it did the second month is where i saw a drastic change in the size of my stomach i've lost six inches this product really does work so guys if you'd like to experience similar results then get andro 400 the safe natural and inexpensive way to boost your testosterone go to andro 400.com or call 888-400-0435 888-400-0435 Hi there. I'm here for my flu shot, and I heard there's an option for people 65 and older. There is, but you actually have to be 65. Very flattering. Thanks. I'm Judith Light. You know who I am, right? I just turned 65, and I know your immune system gets weaker with age, and I don't want to miss a day of work or risk spreading the flu to other people. Well, I don't think we've met before, but what I do know is you can't be 65. Okay. What if I said I only have one life to live and I need protection against the flu? Nope. No. How about who's the boss of my health? I am. Huh. Flu season is here and people 65 and older need to ask about the vaccine made specifically for their age. Flu vaccination is especially important for people with chronic conditions like diabetes and heart disease, which can worsen with the flu. I'm so sorry about that. I thought you were like 35. Don't apologize. Visit the National Council on Aging at ncoa.org slash flu to learn more and talk to your doctor about vaccine options for people 65 and older. Tanning, indoors or out, increases your risk of skin cancer, including melanoma, the second most common cancer in young adults and the leading cause of cancer death in women 25 to 30. Tanning doesn't make me look healthier. My ambition does. Tanning doesn't make me stand out. My drive does. Tanning can cause wrinkles, age spots, and even melanoma, the cancer that kills one person every hour. And using tanning beds significantly increases your risk of developing melanoma. Tanning doesn't make me glow. My individuality does. Tanning doesn't make me feel better about myself. I got the job. My confidence does. Tanning doesn't make you more beautiful. It only makes you more at risk. Stop tanning. Learn more at spotskincancer.org. A message from the American Academy of Dermatology. All about that demon automobile, the metal monster with the polyglass wheels. After the hour of 10 o'clock. My name is Mark Salem and Eddie Crusoe and Alan Salem are sitting here next to me. Real quick, though, let me tell you about Strictly Diesel Service and Repair. Strictly Diesel Service and Repair is up north off the I-17 and Pinnacle Peak Road. They're a AAA, I'm sorry, they're a Better Business Bureau, A-plus rated shop, and they have really good technicians. They're dedicated in providing the best service possible while getting the job done right the first time. So that means diagnostic and repair and then verification of the repair is correct. They work on both foreign and domestic light diesels, and they also are open Monday through Friday, 8 to 5, and they also sell parts online 24 hours a day at their website. So if you're looking for diesel parts or willing to just look and see what's available for your truck, then Strictly Diesel Service and Repair is the place I would go. Let's go, John. Good morning to you, buddy. How can I help you? Good morning, Mark. 
Hey, um, I've got a 07 Highlander. Took it to uh, have an oil change, and they sent me back home with a, a list of about $1,800 worth of repairs that it really didn't need. Um, one of them was the front struts, though. They're telling me they're leaking and they should be replaced. And uh, so I got into there and looked, and there's, there's dry as a bone. But my question is, it's got 90,000 miles on it. When should they be replaced? And where can I find an honest uh, shop in, let's say, Goodyear, Goodyear area? Okay. L- let's comment because we're all sitting here smiling. Yeah, there is no certified time or mileage to replace them. It's, you know, it's obvious defects. Yes, if they're leaking, uh, the quality of the ride has diminished. Uh, right. but it's, there is no set schedule for replacing them. Okay, right. and, I, and and then I want to also comment on, you took it in for an oil change and got an $1,800 estimate. This morning, I saw on television that somebody's got a tire rotation and an oil change for 1695 Right. I'm, I'm looking at these two guys. Wake up. Okay. Um, right. Yeah, wh- that, is, that is, bring your car in here, and we're going to give you a really good deal, and we are going to hunt down every defect, or maybe every defect, and we're going to look at your odometer, and we're going to get a list of stuff that needs to be done based on our idea of what you need at 90,000 miles. And then, on, and boy, do I my pants oh, water I can up tell. on this. This is a pretty reputable, I don't pretty care. reputable place. I don't, I, know, care. I, know. I don't care. I don't care either. Yeah, I'll tell you what. <laughs> if one of my guys did that, they would be unemployed in about two seconds. It's just like the other right. day. A lady calls me or sends me an email. She pulling up to the booth and this lady walks out and says ma'am you don't know it but you've got bad motor mounts so let me ask you a question as I look you in the eye you're standing outside and some lady pulls up and applies her brakes and puts it in park what's the chances you mr. master tech and me that we're gonna know she has bad motor mounts zero zero and it's a minus zero so she says well how do I know and I said well there's specific symptoms and I explained them to her but I said you need to go someplace else because that's upselling at its worst that's our industry at its worst to answer your question I got an, I got a comment about what Eddie said I agree there's no time frame the deterioration of the ride though is going to be gradual, so it's going to be kind of hard to tell. But I can tell you this much. It's not everybody we put struts on, if I ask them, they say, yes, better, much better. But then I say, was it worth the thousands of dollars for, for, for us to put struts on all four corners of your car? And the answer is no. So you need two front. Shoot a number at me. Well, it depends on the vehicle. but it's- Highlander. Okay. Ahead. Two front struts, labor and alignment, um, six to a thousand. Six to a thousand. I would go with that. Six to a thousand. Depends on if it needs mounts, or uh, yeah, upper strut mounts. Okay. So, so tell. Did they separate the struts in your eighteen hundred dollars? Uh, yeah, I think it was like a thousand. Okay. And and maybe they're assuming that we're going to do mounts. Right, strut mounts. Strut mounts. So we're going to do struts, and if they have two struts and two upper mounts, in case they need them. Then they've also got an alignment, and they've also got sales tax, shop supplies, and environmental charges. Then they're on the top end of the scale that we're guessing. And, and keep in mind, we're just guessing. So it's up to you. If you got underneath there and they're not leaking oil, and they're not broken, and they're not making noise, and they're not knocking, and they're not squeaking, and your front tires aren't scalloped, can you think right. of any other symptoms, Eddie? No, noises sometimes. Exactly. So the only, thing I noticed, only thing I noticed was the rubber boots are torn. Well, those are just dust shields, dust and it's, so they, yeah, they right. keep the dirt and stuff away from the seal. Right. But going back to that $16 oil change, 
how much is a technician making? <laughs> you know, he's making two dollars. He has to upsell if he wants to make any money. Well, not to earn only a living. that, but it, regardless of how much even he's making, at sixteen bucks, no matter what they're putting in your car, they're losing money. They're losing money. Period. I can't put conventional in there. I got a, I got five quarts of conventional oil. I got an oil filter. I got to pay the technician. I, I, I'm into it for more than sixteen dollars. They're yeah. not in business for a sixteen ninety five oil change. I promise you that. Well, well they're not staying in business. Yeah. This so thirty five dollars. Okay. No, I'm using my example, though. I'm using, and, and, and to be honest with you, our semi-synthetic, we quote out at $40, $41 out the door. That's right. As, on a semi-synthetic. And I think we're 75 to 95 depending on the quartz, on a synthetic. On a full so, synthetic. On a full synthetic. And, the, and, and I'm going to admit publicly that I'm not making a whole lot of money on oil changes. And, and it's right. a convenience. It's people expect oil changes. We're supposed to provide oil changes. But there's two kinds of shops, maybe three. One shop has a requirement that you have to sell, upsell so many dollars based on what you do or, or what the shop does. Some shops say, you know, really look for the stuff that's obvious and needs to be done. And then some shops say, there is no requirement. Get the doggone car fixed. Handle their focus and, and give them some soft sale. Hey, uh, you know, John, you're probably looking at some struts sometime in the future. I'm going to give you a number for them. They're uh, not quite leaking oil yet, but I'm looking at your odometer. It's 90,000 miles. You've been around the world three times. So I'm going to give you some numbers, and maybe one of these days, if you want to improve the ride, then uh, stop by and we'll throw some struts on there. That sounds a lot hoping. Oh, by the way, John, you're not going to die if one of these struts goes bad. Unless, of course, it falls oh. off, and then no. and you're going to crash. But anyway, that's kind of the way our industry um, works. Where can oh. I find an honest shop in the west side? I would go to SNS Tire. I would drive in there, and I would say to them, I got 90000 I'd like to know exactly um, what it would cost for two front struts mounted and, and, and alignment and all that kind of stuff. And they're, on, uh, they're south of the I-10 off Dysert Road. They have three locations in the West Valley, and I can tell you that they are a good on a shop. I think so, I know where that is, yeah. Okay. All right. Well, thank you, John. Thank you very much. Thank you, sir. All You're right. At 602-508-0960. It's really tough in the beginning of a two-hour show to get my panties wadded up this <laughs> tight. You know what I mean? It's $1,800 worth of work. And, 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 and what sense does that make? I... I, you know me. You've been around me yes. 28 years. The line is, is danger and not. It's, it's, this is going to cause you to break down. This is going to cause you some problems. This is going to wear your front tire. Safety issues. No. Everything else isn't. So, I mean, when was the last time somebody broke down because they didn't change their transmission fluid right at 60,000 miles? You know what I'm saying? So it's yeah, just, we don't see that. Well, no, we don't see that. We don't see that kind of stuff. When was the last time somebody was towed in because their struts were leaking oil? Not never, never, never. So I mean, and if they're really bad, they're going to scallop the tires. There's going to be a, and there could be knocking noises. We get a lot of noises. You had a, a car in the other day. The nut wasn't all the way down, but it was stripped on that strut. That was actually that was a, a cartridge strut. So okay. the, the cartridge goes inside the strut. So I think someone uh, assembled it incorrectly because okay. the, the cartridge had been replaced by someone else. Okay. So so he takes it and has the cartridge done. Then he brings it to us because he wants us to wave our magic wand and fix the problem they made. That's right. Okay. Well, good. We're, we're really good at that. 602-508-0960. Give us a call if you have a question. We'll be back. Would you know what to do if you encounter a wrong-way driver? Let's hope you never find out. But if you ever do see a wrong-way driver coming at you, slow down, safely steer away, and get off the roadway. At night, drive defensively and be aware of what's ahead and around you. And if you see a sign warning of a wrong-way driver, safely move toward and take the next freeway exit on the right. 
Drive aware. Get there. Sponsored by the Arizona Department of Transportation in partnership with the Arizona Broadcasters Association and this station. So, Justin, I was playing that video game Force Brigade, and it was pretty cool. I was running down this, like, digital path, and I met this digital frog, and he was all like... And I went playing in this virtual stream where this water... It looked almost real. It was this whole electronic forest world. So what did you do? Well, my parents took me to the forest. The real forest. Where I was running down this... Well, it was an actual path. Then I saw this real-life frog. It was all, like, ribbit. And I saw an owl, too. Then I played in this amazing stream with water around my ankles. Like, wet water. Then me and my sister and my parents sat around a campfire and told cool stories all night long. Oh, that's, uh, pretty cool, too. This weekend, unplug. Getting closer to nature can get you closer to your family. To find the forest nearest you, go to discovertheforest.org. Brought to you by the U.S. Forest Service and the Ad Council. Take an ordinary putty knife and scrape off the old wax ring. Place the new wax ring over the flange, then line up the bolts with the bowl and gently set in place, making sure a proper seal is created with the flange and drain. Next. Um, Dad? Uh, yes, sweetie. Is that a new plumbing manual? Oh, um, yeah, yeah, honey. We really need to get some new books. Right, um, do do you want me to stop? Nah, I kind of want to know how it ends. Okay, tighten the bolts, line up the flushing valve to the opening in the top of the bowl, and secure the tank with a screwdriver and crescent wrench. (laughs) The smallest moments can have the biggest impact on a child's life. Take time to be a dad today. Call 877-4DAD-411 or visit fatherhood.gov. Brought to you by the U.S. Department of Health and Human Services and the Ad Council. You're never too old, too wacky, too wild to pick up a book and read with a child. This is Andrew Morrill, president of the Arizona Education Association. Reading to your child now can spark a lifetime of reading and learning. Parents, we know you're tired at the end of a long day. But by taking just a few minutes to read with your child, you'll be setting them on a path towards reading and learning on their own. And studies show students who read and are read too do better in school and in life. So have books that interest your child around your home. If your child enjoys sports, have books about sports. If your child enjoys ballet, have books about dancing. With parents and teachers working together, every child in Arizona can learn to read. And reading may be the most important thing they'll ever learn. A message from the Arizona Education Association. All righty, welcome back, everybody. 46 minutes after the hour of 10 o'clock. My name is Mark Salem, Eddie Caruso, master technician. I'm also a master technician. And then we got Alan Salem, who is a master of diesels and... uh, Accessories. And accessories and a little bit of manure from the bovine. <laughs> I am a get your what are you what are you doing? Sliding over towards me. Well, I want you to get your mic closer Stay to your mouth. It's there. sitting over there on your ears. <laughs> Did you hear Gil? What <laughs> Um Gil's the engineer. He's he speaks in our ears. All right, let me tell you about action auto repair. I seventeen and, and Deer Valley. Last week somebody called in 
and said a bunch of really nice things about Action Auto. He took his car in there. They treated him with respect. They found his problem. They fixed his problem. And I cut that out of the show and send it to the owners of the shop to let them know that there's people that do appreciate him. If you live in the North Phoenix area, the Deer Valley area, the North Phoenix area, Tom's been at I-17 in Deer Valley, the northwest corner, by the way, since 1983. He's got a BMW Master Tech there, and they have all the skills and all the equipment necessary. And did you guys both know that on the new BMWs, there is no owner's manual? They give it to you in CD now? No. They, they, as far as intervals and maintenance, it's all based on the computer. Every aspect of your service is based on the computer. So let me ask you a question while we're talking about this. What's the possibility that someone might not fudge what the computer said? Oh, no one ever does that. Okay, that's the answer <laughs> I was looking for. But anyway, Tom at Action's a good guy. We haven't had any complaints about him. I-17 in Deer Valley, and he has a BMW guy, but he also does everything else. Chevy, Ford, Toyota, Chrysler, Plymouth, Dodge. Um, uh, and I think he'll even work on some Fords. I'm not quite sure, but I think he will. You know what else BMW has? What's that? They have a pyrotechnic device on the positive battery cable, so when the car is involved in an accident, they blow the positive cable off of the battery to um, to make sure that you don't catch fire. I've heard of that. Okay. And let me ask you a question. You and I have been in this business a long time. Other than in the news, and including the news, I'll, I'll say that, including the news, how many times have you seen or heard about somebody being burnt in their car? After a collision? Yeah. It's, it's very rare. Very rare. Very rare. I've, n- I've never had a case like that where an insurance company said, why did this car catch fire or whatever. But anyway, they disable it. So here's how the story goes. A lady's in California. She's on a seven-lane freeway, and she's in the middle lane. So she's got three on her left and three on her right. Traffic is stopped. A pickup truck comes in behind her and hits her. Not enough to deploy the side curtain airbags or any of the airbags, but hits her. The truck leaves the scene. So she's stranded in the middle of the highway. Traffic begins to move, and as soon as she's involved in this accident, BMW comes on her entertainment system and says, Mrs. Salem, are you okay? Are you hurt? I can send help. We know that you've just been involved in an accident. And for 37 seconds, this lady says, my car won't start. I need to get off the road. My car won't start. I need to get off the road. Why won't my car stop? And they're talking to her about... Um, you know, we're sending help, we've got the ambulances coming and, you know, tow trucks and all that kind of stuff. 37 seconds later, the connection goes away. A limousine hits the back of her car at 70 miles an hour and kills her. And the reason she couldn't get her car off the road is because it blew the positive cable off of it. Now, I'm sitting here thinking, well, how were they talking to her over her cloud connection? Right. They have to have an auxiliary circuit to do that because you can't blow the positive battery cable off of it and expect to have anything work, but they have to have an auxiliary system. Right. They're blowing the high current positive cable. Yes. They're still using some low current to run the the communications exactly. In the vehicle. But they're not using that low current to run the fuel pump or anything like that. So I don't know. If I knew that the only circuit on that car was so they could talk to me, and the police are not ex- real happy about this because there's time the police need to get the car off the road as well. And they need to be a, a, the ability, to, if it'll start and run, to get it off the road. So anyway, I don't know where this is going to go. I called a couple of body shops and I said, hey, what's the deal? Do you know this? And this is what they said. Oh, yeah, it happens all the time. 
said you get a BMW here and you're going to do a repair in an accident and it won't start, it won't move, it won't crank, it nothing, nothing, no headlights, no nothing. And then we find out that it's got this pyrotechnic device on the positive cable that blows the cable apart. And, and then you have to buy that entire assembly to put it back on the car. So that's part of the repair. Yeah, and there's got to be some way that uh, obviously the body shops can bypass that on a limited basis just to move the vehicle before they, they actually have to replace it. Most of them told me that we don't even know it won't start until after we get, we're done with a lot of our body work because we push it around on dollies. So we can unlock the steering with the key, but that's it. So when the car's ready to deliver or we're ready to drive it into the paint, it doesn't start. That's when we usually find it. Now, I wasn't aware that that's how they moved cars around, but nevertheless, that's what many of them said. So the issue is, is this is a safety device. So I don't know why you, I don't, I don't know if I'd want that. Would you want that on your car? I wouldn't. I mean, it's. They call it a safety device, but in this case, it had the opposite effect. Right. It had unintended consequences. Yes. There's no question about that. So I, I think from a practical point of view, there's a lot of reasons you can die in your car. Hit, having a collision at 60 miles an hour is one of them. No matter what airbags you got in there, that's, that's, that one's going to hurt. But catching fire in your car in an accident, unless you're completely incapacitated, unless you're already seriously injured... Um, I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. Yeah, the, I mean, the only times I've heard of it is when there's, there needed to be extraction from the vehicle. That you know, they couldn't they get the jaws out. of life to get the vehicle, the person out of the vehicle. But the vehicle was on fire. Well, but the uh, the thought process I think is is that they, they they if they kill the fuel pump, then there is no fire. That's the thought process. But I suggest to you that a lot of times why there's gasoline around those crashes because the fuel tank has been compromised so we've crushed the fuel tank we're squeezed fuel out of it we've damaged it in the collision the fuel pump's not going to have anything to do with that right we've, well they've created a fuel leak whether it's up in the engine compartment or in the rear of the vehicle right they've exposed fuel but right. you can also have fires from a, a battery being shorted absolutely in a collision and and here's here's the thought too now you're an expert and you're hired to go look at this bmw are you going to be able to tell if the fuel pump ran and caught the car on fire or if the fuel tank was compromised? Are you going to be able to tell that definitively? Are you going to be able to swear to that when all you've got is a burnt car burn up and nothing else? I, I mean, it depends on the severity of the burn. And okay. the first thing, obviously, you have to do is locate the the origin of the fire. Right. And we wouldn't do that as mechanics, right. but they have CNO guys, cause and origin guys, and they say, okay, the fire started right here. That's where we jump in and say, okay, what's This is there? what's around here. Exactly. That's, okay. So really and truly, the only time we see fires right now, in my opinion, is when the gas tank has been compromised. And it almost always involves somebody running over the top of a car in front of them. And the gasoline fills, and then the sparks are created by the crash. But I don't know. I I don't know. I don't know what the thought process is. But I'll tell you one thing: in the next couple of years, depending on how many lawsuits, they'll either have it or they won't. Yeah, they're gonna so, have to rethink that that's idea. Right, that they're gonna have to think that idea, especially after this one. And when that 37 minutes of video or 37 seconds of of audio tapes comes out, where this lady's obviously pretty frantic and doesn't want to be in the car, but she wants to start it up and drive it off the side of the road or at least merge into traffic, then that's going to be something different. Nevertheless, 602-508-0960, 602-508-0960. Up north, Kurtz Auto Repair is on Bell 
and the I-17 on the northeast corner. It's a family-owned, operated auto repair shop. They have three masters there. Kurt is a master technician. Jeff is a master technician, and Eric is a master technician. Now, there's a generation dividing those because Kurt and I are the older generation, and the young bucks, Eric and Jeff, are the, are the new generation. And both of those guys are really good technicians. So if you live near I-17 and Bell, then I would be proud if you would at least try Kurtz for an oil change and see how they treat you. He's been around since 1987. He, does, he services both domestic and import vehicles, both gas and diesel. I already told you he has ASE Master Certification Certified Technicians. That's kind of important. You certainly don't want some three-whiskered kid born, born 16 or 17 years ago pulling the timing cover off your Ford because uh, you've got a corroded bolt and inside that cover is a dual overhead cam with adjustable timing and all the sensors that go along with it. That's probably going to be a situation you don't want to be involved in. Well, at Kurtz, you don't have to worry about that because those guys are seasoned and they've been there before. And like all the rest of us, if it's beyond our capability, we tell you. Anyway, Kurtz Automotive, I-17 and Bell. 602-508-0960 if you'd like to join us. We're going to be back uh, at the top of the hour here. And uh, we're going to take car questions for all through the uh, 11 o'clock to 12 o'clock hour. So if you'd like to join us, you certainly can. 602-508-0960. 602-508-0960. You got any other comments? Do you like, uh, do you like the idea of, uh, of safety devices in general? Do you see them work? Yes, I do. Um, cars have evolved. I mean, you know, let's go back from the beginning. When we started off with, First, no seat belts, and then seat belts. Then we had collapsible steering columns, and then we came into bumpers, five mile an hour bumpers, right? Absorbable bumpers, and then anti-lock brakes and airbags and and explosive devices that sucked you into the seat belt. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, the, the passive restraints that exactly that fire off and, and cinch your seat belt. They just strap you in. They take all the slap up, slack up. It's like a fishing reel that went on steroids. <laughs> so your safety yeah. belt's like a fishing reel. And all of a sudden, and it winds you up and sucks you in. So let me ask you a question. Think about this. You're an accident reconstructionist. When do you know if the driver was in the seatbelt or not? Well, if it's got a passive restraint on the seatbelt, it's, it's obvious. Because if they weren't wearing the seatbelt, that strap from the shoulder going down to the floor is just going to be taut. It's going to be as tight as it can be, which tells us they weren't wearing the seatbelt. Okay. Um, is there any physical evidence that would tell you whether the driver was wearing a seatbelt? Oh, there should be bruising <laughs> on that on that person. From the left shoulder, right. uh, from the right shoulder all the way down to the left hip. No question right. about it. If you find the driver outside the vehicle, does that definitively say that they had their belt on or not? No, it doesn't. Okay. But... I mean, it, it depends on the type of crash, too. Okay, but if the driver's found outside the vehicle and the seatbelt's buckled... Either he was sitting on it or he came out of it. But if the driver's found outside the vehicle and the seatbelt's not buckled, then you have to come to the conclusion it wasn't on. Right. So those are the kinds of things that these accident recon guys have to deal with. They look for bruising. They look where the belt was at. They look at the black box because it'll tell you whether the belt was snapped or not. They'll right. tell you that there's a butt in the seat and the belt was on. Um, I don't know that I've ever seen one lie about that. But the real problem is on the accident reconstruction side is, is when the driver says that he had his belt on, what are the signs that he had his belt on? And bruising is certainly one of them. Black box data is another. 
So 602-508-0960, the lines are wide open. Um, Eddie Caruso, Alan Salem, Mark Salem, we're here at your service. So just give us a call, 602-508-0960.